0: Welcome to How Do You Write. I'm your host, Rachel Herron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 120 of How Do You Write. I'm Rachel Herron, Thrilled, as usual, that you're here. Today, I am talking with the very, very fun and awesome Carter Wilson, thriller writer. And we are talking about pace, which is something that I am super interested in because my pace is always a little bit languorous. And uh when you're writing thriller, you can't be languorous. You got to be. You got to be. Hop Steppin'. And so it was really fun to talk to him about that and many other things. I know that you'll enjoy the interview. In today's catch up portion, um, I have good news. It's small news, but it's good news that uh, I went out of town for the weekend. Um, with my friend Sophie Littlefield, we went down south to see my dad and, um, my stepmom, uh, who's just great and to see her stepdaughter. So we were out of town for two nights. We were in San Luis Obispo, which is kind of where I grew up, where I went to, um, undergrad. It's my town. We stayed at the old hotel called the Peachtree Inn, where I used to work as an undergrad. I had always, you know, up to four jobs at a time as I paid my way through college. And I mean, at a time I would have, you know, 16 units and working four jobs you know, six hours here and four hours there. But the Peachtree Inn, I would go in on Friday nights and stay till Monday. I was the night desk clerk. I was the day desk clerk. Uh, I made the bread that we served in the rooms. And because I was there for so long, you know, my friends would come and visit. I did all my studying at the big tables in the breakfast room. And back then is when Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way had come out in the 90s, right? And I started it there at those glass topped tables. And my friend Angela would come to the hotel at night and we would sit and talk about our dreams and do our writing and, and dream about the time that we would be grown up and creative and living a creative life. She was a dancer and a writer. I was just a writer, just wanted to be a writer. Neither of us were writers yet. Um, because we never wrote, if you write, you're a writer. Um, but so we started doing morning pages there and it, had such an effect on me. I think one of the most romantic things of looking back on my youth is imagining myself on the back porch of the Peachtree Inn that has these rocking Adirondack chairs and this big green hill behind the hotel. And I would smoke my cigarettes and I would dream of the day that I would be a writer. And uh, one time a writer came to stay at the hotel. He was a real writer. I know this because he was working on a screenplay and Francis Ford Coppola called for him. And I transferred uh, Francis Ford Coppola down to this guy, this writer's room. Um, and I was really embarrassed because he said, Hey, it's Frank Coppola. Can I talk to what's his name? I don't remember the writer's name. And I laughed. I said, Oh my gosh, your name is like the the director, Francis Ford Coppola. And he says, I am the director. Could you transfer me? Um, but I just remember thinking, like, I know a writer. And this writer had come to the hotel for three days just to hole himself up and write for 12 hours a day and get it done. Because apparently he was on strict deadline and his boss was calling him. Um, but I remember talking to that writer and he said, writing's a really bad idea. Don't do it unless it's, there's nothing else that you can do. And I always find that particular phrase a little bit galling because I can do anything. I, if needed can dig ditches, although I wouldn't be very good at it. I can work any job. I can work hard. I can work dirty. I can work 18 hours and have six hours off. I know this because I've done it before. Um, I can do anything else. But the only thing I ever wanted to do was write. And so when Sophie and I went back to see my dad and her stepdaughter, uh, I booked us rooms at the Peachtree Inn, which is still run is still in the same family. Um, my old boss, unfortunately, has dementia, but it's still his favorite place to be even though he doesn't really know where he is. And um, Sophie and I got one of the rooms. I had never stayed in that room. Uh, sometimes when my boyfriend would come into town, I would get a I would get a room at my hotel, which is actually now looking back on it, pretty embarrassing. Um, but I'd never stayed in this particular double room. It was raining and pouring. This huge storm had rolled in and we walked next door and had a big extravagant breakfast at the, uh, the apple farm. But the best part was that on the whole trip, there and back, we were talking about our books. And a lot of times, um, me and Sophie and another friend of ours, we plot our books together. And we had plotted basically both of our books in the four-hour drive south. And we both sat at the same glass top tables. And we pounded out our synopses of these new books. Uh, Sophie sent hers to her agent immediately. Her agent loved it. She's writing something terribly scary. And uh, my agent, who... I love and worship and adore, and she doesn't always... Want me to write the books I want to write because she's smart and good and she really does know financially what's going to be best for me. She's great. Um, but I really want to write this book that I came up with and she sent me an email. This is my whole point. She sent me an email that said, I am somewhere between like and love on this idea, which is basically like getting an A plus from my agent. And it means that I can dive into this book and start to write some preliminary chapters so that we'll have them in hand when we uh, when we're able to take them to my editor, in order to pitch them the next book when the time is right. So that was very exciting. It was very exciting to come up with this book that I really want to write. But it was also just so exciting to be at that table in the same room with worse art, I have to say worse art. Um, But in the same room where I spent so many of my early 20s evenings um, and spent so much time in that particular room dreaming of being a writer. And I was just there as a working writer. It was fantastic. I put a little blurb on it on uh, Instagram and got a lot of response from it. Actually, I think people really relate to walking in and opening the door of your dreams that you have had for a long time. And I think as writers, that's what we're all trying to do. I'm trying to do that on a daily basis. If you're listening to the podcast, you have the dream of being a writer. You already are a writer. My friend, if you're writing, you're a writer. I will go so far as to say, uh, and not Everyone will agree with me on this. But even if your heart just knows that you're a writer, you're a writer. I also say get some writing done. Um, And I will always add to that. You know this. Get some terrible writing done. The only thing we could do is write terrible first drafts. And I cannot overstate that. Terrible is terrible. Terrible is not good. Terrible is not Adequate. Terrible is not. Um, everybody else says terrible, but it's actually good for me. No, it's just terrible. We lower our expectations of our own selves in order to get the first drafts out. And then we make them into something good in revision. And Carter and I talk about that in this podcast. So you're going to enjoy that. Uh, quick shout out to new patrons. Uh, one of my favorite people, Toby Neal is a patron. Thanks, Toby. Faith Park Dodge. Eliza Peak. Thank you, you darling. Eliza Peak and Adrienne Bell have a podcast called "The Misfits Guide to Writing Indie Romance," which, if you're a romance, r- uh, writer you should be listening to. They're amazing. And I was just on their show. I think I'm going to be on an upcoming, um, episode about talking about hybrid writers, um, versus indie writers. So you should go listen to that. Carla Sondheim. Thank you, Carla. What a kind note you sent me. And, uh, Katie rodanti, Thank you to new patrons. It really means the world to me that you support me, that you say that you like this and that you give me the time to write the essays that my heart wants to write. Um, I believe I told you about last month's essay, which I'm very proud of, and I'm still hearing really, really good things about. So thank you, patrons. You can always go look at my Patreon at patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L. I have no other news. I'm going to jump right into the interview now with Carter. I hope that you enjoyed. I know that you will. Please get your your writing done and tell me about it. Um, Somebody wrote to me this week and told me all about their writing. And it was a beautiful email. I want to get those emails. So send them to me. Tell me how you're doing. And thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. Why, yes, I do have a Patreon. I write essays about living an honest, creative life. And truly, they're the most important thing I write each month. I wouldn't be able to afford the serious time it takes to write them without the support of my benefactors. They are true patrons of the arts in the old-fashioned sense of the word. If you become one of my sponsors for as little as $1 a month, and seriously, those $1 pledges add up and are amazing, you'll get each essay as I write them, as well as the full backlist, more than 24 essays that I'm really friggin' proud of. Other perks at other levels include being thanked in the acknowledgements and getting a signed copy of each new book I write. You can even get monthly coaching from me at a cheaper rate than I normally offer. Go to patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L to find out more. And thank you so much. Okay, well I could not be more pleased today to have Carter Wilson on the the show. Hi Carter, how are you? Hi fine, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. I'm thrilled to have you. Let me give you a little introduction. Uh USA Today and number one, Denver Post best-selling author Carter Wilson has written five critically acclaimed standalone psychological thrillers, as well as numerous short stories. He's a two-time winner of both the Colorado Book Award and the International Book Award, and his novels have received multiple starred reviews from Publishers Weekly, Booklist, and Library Journal. His sixth novel, The Dead Girl in 2A, and the cover, I love it, uh, will be released in July 2019 from Poison Pen Press. Carter lives in Erie, Colorado, in a Victorian house that is spooky but isn't haunted yet. And uh, that's a great way to end that line. <laughs>
1: so
0: <laughs> I, my first psychological thriller is coming out from Penguin in august
1: oh right on. so Congratulations. i'm kind of
0: going into that market from where i've been and it's all yeah. i've been reading for years so yeah you're yeah. the the color black is on my kindle and i'm about to i'm about to crack into that oh but, enjoy so you you are prolific you get work done i would love to talk to you about how your process works how do you how do you do all this? When and where? And how do you write? Are you in your office right now where we see you?
1: Yes, I am in my office right now. Although most of my writing I do out and about, I like to be kind of surrounded by people, even though I slip on the Bose noise canceling headphones and I go into my own world, I kind of like the energy around me. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I have a full time job. So um, aside from writing as you know, most authors do, and so it's it's a chip away at it, kind of a process. And I treat it as I would treat any kind of commitment. You know, I do it seven days a week, and you know, mm-hmm. some days it's a it's a crappy job, like data entry, and you're not enjoying it, but you got to <laughs> do it. And other days, it's amazing. So my goal really is about 500 words a day. And um, you do
0: that before your day job or after?
1: Usually, uh, it, it depends. Usually before. Um, so I mean, I can if I can get a solid 30 to 45 minutes in and I can just get immediately in the zone, then I'm done. Um, And with that, it takes about a year to get a book fully done, kind of rewritten, submitted to my agent for her comments, and then ready to um, give to the publisher. So year, year and a quarter. So I'm not as fast as I'd like to be, but you know, but that's what I, the but best I can do. What I
0: love about what you're saying is it's so solidly doable. There are totally. people who, you know, I can't get 2,000 words a day or they say I can't get 3,000 words a day. But you can get 500 words a day and yeah. still have a life. Yeah, and totally. A, and a very full life and complete books.
1: You're completely right. And I think that's what where a lot of people get stuck is it's just, it's so mental. So the other thing that I do is I just try to plow through, you know, I'll, you know, right now I'm working on something. I'm like, I'm going to get 40,000 words done before I even go back and look at what I've written. And it's going to be a lot of editing, but at least I'll have 40,000 words done. And a lot of people get 5,000 words done and then it's just, you know, life gets in the way, but you got to make it your life. It has to be as important to you as your workout regimen or your day job or your family. Mm -hmm. So otherwise it, 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 doesn't get done it, there's no question
0: what are you a plotter or a pantser
1: so i'm i'm historically uh an unabashed uh pantser and you know i never know what i'm doing i never know how it's going to go i i just have the opening scene that's all i know i just think of some scene that I'm like this would be a really crazy scene and i have no idea who these people are or what this means but i would read this book
0: that sounds like a fun way to go
1: it is, but it also totally sucks because <laughs> then you're like, I don't know what happens next, and I wish
0: someone would tell me.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I, I both ways a little bit. I'm, I'm learning like right. What I'm working on, like my my book that's coming out was such a, a a pantser book that it hurt. It really, I really struggled with it. And so what I'm working on now, I'm at least mapping out the characters. I don't know what they do, but I know everything about them. But I don't know what. The, their role is in the story but at least I can go back to the character guide and be like okay, this is what this person would probably do. So I'm I'm learning a little bit of both.
0: I heard a great suggestion. For, I heard Meg Wolitzer talk last week and she says she always writes the first 80 pages of her books the way you do your first scene and yeah. then she comes up with an outline after that.
1: Yeah, and I've done a little bit of that too but I, I inevitably deviate from yeah. it because the joy of writing to me is kind of not knowing, you know, and it's a little precious to say, well, the characters speak to me and tell me what's going to happen. That's not true at all. I mean, but there are times when all of a sudden I just, I just think of something that I'm like, I wouldn't have thought of this three weeks ago. Mm. And that becomes this moment of like, okay, for some reason I had to wait to to unveil this to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so that's, that's the, the best part of it. that's when writing is totally fun. Um, and that doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, it just makes everything worth it.
0: So, what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing?
1: Yeah I mean probably that mm-hmm. um, you know all the missed opportunities that you're not thinking about not knowing how it's going to end um, trying to stay a little bit I guess within your market um, that can be a little bit of a struggle because sometimes I want to do something that's a little bit more out there and you know, after a few books, you've kind of established yourself a little bit as a certain yes. type of writer. And yes. so it's, um, and I respect that, but sometimes I struggle with that a little bit as well. And my editor has to rein me in. And, um, so I think those are some of the challenges. And then, you know, the whole publishing industry itself is a challenge. That's a whole, you know, writing is one thing. The industry is, is this very opaque, um, confusing thing that is hard to get a lot of feedback on. And how do I get, more recognition? How do I get noticed more? So that's a game too, um, of which, you know, you only have a a finite amount of control.
0: And I only have a finite amount of patience for it too. And I think that a lot of writers feel the same way, you know, if, if we could figure out a way to handle all that better, we would.
1: Yeah, totally. And if I were, if I were sitting here waiting for my royalty statements as my means of income, I'd be suicidal. But, you know, so I'm fortunate that I don't have to do that. So I do kind of have this Zen approach to it as like, you know, let things happen I I, help, I try to direct things but I don't try to get anxious or frantic about it I try to learn and see what works and what doesn't work but you know marketing and PR it's really tricky with this industry so you know all authors will tell you that they don't really know what works
0: nobody does
1: nobody does
0: <laughs> neither do the publishers when it comes That's to that nice. or they would totally. make us all best sellers you know totally. So. Totally. so what's your what's your biggest joy in writing then is it the moment that things jump out at you and surprise you Yeah, yeah
1: it's, and it's kind of that what if moment I love that what if moment of like you're writing a scene and then you just, you know, what if this happens? Yes. Um, I had a, in one of my books, one of my early books, I had a I had a guy driving on the beltway in D.C. and I was trying to establish his character and he was kind of a jerk and then as I wanted him to be a little bit more likable so in traffic he actually gets out to help a stranded motorist mm. and then I realized like, well, what if he just gets hit by a car right now and I don't even know what that meant but I'm like he's going to get hit by a car and <laughs> Changed my story and and it unveiled all these things about what happens after he gets hit by this car. And I love that. That is the most exciting thing to me. It's just like I have the power to just make this happen. And it might be a good idea, it might not be a good idea. But if, but boy, if is are fun right now, yeah I would feel like oh, okay, I'm sticking to this script, but I love that just free freewheeling aspect of it.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes me I'm I'm on the edge of starting a new book. It makes me want to be deep in a book. That's yeah. I just love. <laughs> I, the
1: love Love that feeling. Yeah. Um,
0: can you share a craft tip with us?
1: I'm big into editing, so I mean, I Yay. even have I have a tattoo that says "Kill your darlings" on my arm. Um, I'm very <laughs> I'm very big into. I, I love deleting stuff. Me too. Um, and it's just you know sometimes it's painful, but I, I I love pace. I really focus on pace. It's very important to my work, and it's kind of established me who, as who I am. It's how I write. Um, so I will delete a lot of sentences. I'll just delete a lot of words out. Every sentence I want to look at and say, what's what's uh, a, an easier way to say that? What's a shorter? What's a more powerful way to say that? Can I make up a verb that can convey this in in in, in two word sentence instead of a six word sentence? Mm. And so I, you know, it's editing is hard. It's, it, but it's, it's really where, where the. I don't know where the flesh comes out of my book and and just uh, all of a sudden I'm like okay now this is an impactful read before it was just kind of meandering um so that's I so I would say just focus on pace for if you're writing thrillers pace I mean story is critical but don't forget about pace because that's what keeps people you know turning the pages
0: I have such a hard time with pace um I've been a women's fiction writer in the past as as well as romance and memoir and a bunch of other things but for women's fiction i really love getting into the slow movement of a scene and that's what my agent and my editor just kept chopping down in this in the in the thriller you know you don't you don't have time to explore the emotional ramifications of every sentence and could you give me a little bit of advice on how to get rid of the like how do i know what is slowing it down do you ever have that problem? yeah
1: if totally yeah it's very hard um You know, and I probably the biggest criticism I tend to get is sometimes I'm 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 too brief, and Mm. I love two word sentences, and I love I love things that just evoke um, emotion and sound and smell without really getting into it. Um, So I'll I'll you know I'll even have a two word paragraph. Um, I'm I'm big into that. So you're just reading and it's just kind of coming at you, and sometimes it's too much. Sometimes you need to slow down and give your reader a chance to take a breath and kind of recover from that scene. But when you ramp up to that scene, if it's a, if it's a really critical scene where where there's all, because I write a lot of paranoia and a lot of tension and a lot of like what's in your mind, and so if it's a scene that's big into that, it's very brief and it's it's like you know. A knife stabbing, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what I want the reader to feel. It's like the stabbing at them with these words. Um, and I, I then I'll read it out loud to myself, and I'll I'll kind of feel it. I'll kind of feel if it's like too much or not enough. But you have to then recognize the chapters where you have to give the reader a break. Cause sometimes I have <laughs> I have trouble doing that,
0: and allow them to take a breath and wipe the sweat away from their brow. That's so, right. So when you're sitting around with writer pals. What is the thing that you always go back to? What's the thing you're kind of obsessed with in the writing world?
1: You mean in terms of what we like or what we don't like? Or Yeah,
0: anything. Anything, anything that you can just talk about in a bar over cocktails with writer yeah, friends? What are you, what are you well, passionate which, about?
1: You know, whenever I'm talking with writer friends, it's – Almost inevitably, a discussion about the industry rather than a discussion about writing, Mm -hmm. and who got what deal, and how much did they make, and what publishers are doing this and that and the other thing. So it's it is this like brother and sisterhood of like everybody's like trying to like get that that bigger piece and trying to understand like you know who's who's making it. It's gossipy too. It it (laughs) is so gossipy, (laughs) and and honestly, it's hard not to get jealous to be like yeah like oh man i love you that's awesome but why didn't that happen for me or you know vice versa so uh it's always it's it's always industry stuff it's it's rarely because a lot of my friends like especially when i go to like thriller fest and hang out with people everyone's writing thrillers but maybe political thrillers Mm sci-fi thrillers Mm -hmm. you know Um, and I write, you know, more domestic suspense. Mm -hmm. And so you might not even have that much in common in terms of what you write, but everyone's connected by, by, by the industry for sure.
0: Well, if it helps when I was sitting around with my pals discussing the industry and we were straight up gossiping, we had some dirt and we were going (laughs) with it. Um, and your name came up and it was all flattery. And to the point where they were discussing your newsletter and I went and immediately signed up for it because oh, they were thanks. saying nobody does a newsletter as well as Carter Wilson. You need to oh, get on oh. it and be on it just to see what he's doing and how funny he is and all of this stuff. So when you were being gossiped about the other day, <laughs> it was, it was good. Your ears should have been burning in a pleasant way.
1: Well, and thank you for plugging that. I'll say like, you know, one of the things I've tried to learn is what works and what doesn't work. And everyone comes back and says, newsletters, newsletters. So about a year ago, a year and a half ago, I just started like, I'm going to commit to this once a month. I'm going to make it meaty. I'm going to make it funny. I'm going to reveal very personal things about myself. I wanted it to be something that I would read about somebody else. I don't want it Mm -hmm. to just be about promo Mm because when you only have a book coming out once a year, every 18 months, there's only so much promo you can really do. Mm -hmm. So I tell stories about my kids, my cats, stupid things that I've done, where I've been, where I'm going to be, um, anything that I find funny, um, which is very different than my book. So it's just a different take on me. So I've really I've worked hard to, to make that into something uh, special.
0: Well, it is it is coming back to reward you. And what? <laughs> it, and where can people sign up for that if they want to keep an eye yeah, on you that?
1: Can, yep, you can definitely find me. We're just over overhauling my, my website, thanks to Maddie's help, uh, <laughs> carterwilson.com. And everything you, you need to know about me is on there. Oh,
0: yeah. And she had that cool slider thing. That she oh, yeah. do. I, don't, she, I don't
1: have a slider. Yeah, Maddie does fantastic work. <laughs> yeah, sliders are cool. Yeah, it's WordPress.
0: If anybody's curious, that is uh, Maddie James. She's at Zuni.com. x u n i X-U-N-I.com, and she's fabulous. So yep. what is the best book that you've read recently, and why did you love it?
1: Well, I just finished uh, Stephen King's new uh, novella, Ooh, uh, uh, Elevation. Yet. Did you like Yeah, it? it's it's tiny. It's, uh, I mean, it's 144 pages in a five by seven book. So it's truly a novella. And I loved it. It was beautiful. It's a very, you know, it's typical King where you take a very bizarre premise and, and a fantastic premise and you plop it down in the real, real world mm-hmm. and see, okay, how do you deal with this? And yeah, I'll read anything, mostly anything by Stephen King, but I just, just having something that was so short by him that wasn't quite a short story was, it was just nice to see. Um, and mm-hmm. it was a very emotional story actually. Um, so, and he doesn't do, he's good at that. He doesn't do a lot of that. And, and I, I found myself well connected to it. So Mm. I really enjoyed it. I, I recommend it.
0: I've only really discovered Stephen King in the last few years, and yeah, people have heard me yeah. talk about it on the show before. But I keep going around and telling people, "Did you know he's great?" <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> got like, a lot of catching up you know, to do. Like, yeah, we did know. <laughs> Everybody knew. You're the last one to not know. So, well, what would you like to tell us about right now? Tell us about your latest project or what's coming up? Your book in uh, July, and and we already yeah. know we can find you at carterwilson.com.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about the book coming out. So I'm with Sourcebooks, and they're a fantastic publisher. Oh, yeah. and they've done a lot lot of support for me. And I've got a new thriller coming out in July. It's called The Dead Girl in 2A. And so this was a total panzer. This is my pantser move for this book. I just had this idea of like, what if a, a man and a woman met by sitting next to each other in first class on the plane? And what if they're just viscerally convinced that they know each other? Like they, they just are so connected and they don't know how they're connected. And they spend the entire flight trying to figure it out and they they find a couple of things in common that are kind of creepy about their past but they don't really understand why they're connected and at the end of the flight the woman says to the man that she's going to her destination to kill herself and so the entire book is about what happens after they get off that plane Dude, um,
0: that's <laughs> awesome. That sounds amazing and I want, I'm want i desperate to read it now I cannot wait to get that book. Oh good, that good. Sounds I appreciate ex- that. Exactly like the kind of book I want to read so. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a it's delight pleasure, to talk to you. And yep, absolutely. I wish you very happy writing, and I can't wait to read your darn book.
1: Thank so, you. Congratulations okay. on your new release. Thank you. All right. Take talk care. to you soon. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write?